Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, friends. Hey, for all of you that are here in the room, we just want to thank you and welcome you for being here at First Christian Church. We are glad that you're here. If you're joining us online or if you're listening to us on the radio, thank you for giving us an opportunity just to be able to connect with you today. I'm Sean McIntosh, and if you are familiar with First Christian Church, then you know me more so as the worship minister. But not today, though. Thank you so much for Jess and Chuck and Gary. You guys did a phenomenal job leading us in worship. Thank you for doing that. Guys, we're in the middle of our Made for More sermon series, which focuses on the fruit of the Spirit that is described in Galatians. It's in chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, and it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. But today we get to dive into the seventh of nine attributes that describe the fruit of the Spirit, which is faithfulness. And to some degree, all of the other attributes, they hinge on this one and they start with faithfulness. In fact, our relationship with Jesus and God's relationship with us, it also starts with faithfulness. I remember being in sixth grade. I was at Desert Sky Middle School in Litchfield Park, Arizona. We had a language teacher, and she would help us to learn Latin root words uh, and phrases because of all of the influences that that language has on our language today. She taught us the phrase quid pro quo, which means a favor or advantage, something uh, that is granted or expected in return for something. Simply put, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. In a society that is built on fairness and equality, faith can have this essence of quid pro quo. It's easy to have faith in something that constantly benefits your situation. For example, four weeks ago, June 26, my voice wasn't in great shape as I was coming off of just being sick. So Chuck, who sang today, he graciously filled in to sing for me. At the 1030 service, during our second song, very close to the end, I broke a guitar string. Now, I have not broken a guitar string in four years of being a part of FCC. So I didn't have a backup plan or any procedure on what to do next. So I quickly turned to our electric guitar player, Trey, and I said, hey, would you fill in for me for the next song? And he did and we didn't miss a beat. Now, up to this point, this isn't a huge deal, but the fourth song was supposed to be led completely with the acoustic guitar. So for those of you that were there, you saw me leave the stage. I ran across the streets to the office, and I went into Jessica's office, and God's favor rested on me as her guitar was sitting right there. So I grabbed the guitar. I ran back behind the stage. Jimmy Akers, he was sitting over there. He sensed what was going on, and he came to help me backstage to get my guitar swapped off. And I was able to be back on stage right before the third song ended. I was tuned and I was ready for the fourth song. I was flustered. I was full of adrenaline. But we made it through the service. Still, I came away feeling like there is a better way to be prepared for for when something like this happens. Now, I have a backup guitar. It's ready to go. It's on stage in case anything like this happens again. Now, for four years, my six-string guitar, it was old faithful, but I break a string one time, and now I'm just waiting for it to break again. My guitar broke my trust, and it's because it did not fulfill its duties to be intact when I needed it to be available. 
And now I look at old pictures of me and my guitar and I think to myself, yep, you were faithful back then, but now you're dead to me. I'm just kidding. I actually really love my guitar and I am so grateful to have it. But my point is, is that it is so easy to have faith in something when it benefits your situation or when it benefits your life. But what happens when it doesn't? How do we react when something or someone that we have faith in becomes undependable? In a culture that bases things on right and wrong and good and bad and fair and unfair, it's hard to cultivate a faithfulness to things that don't fit our desired narrative. And this brings us to our big idea for today, which is this. Spirit-led faithfulness will trust in God in all situations, regardless of the outcome. And I see this big idea, it plays out in the Bible in several places, but the example that captivates me is written about in the Old Testament book of Daniel. And it's in chapter three. We learn about three men, three men whose city was invaded and they were taken from their home and they were forced to live a new life with people that conquered their home. Their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And God found favor in these three men and he gave them great knowledge and wisdom. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he was the king who had just conquered their land and he found that their wisdom was 10 times greater than the magicians and the enchanters that he had in his own kingdoms. Now here's where things start to heat up. If you know, you know. But King Nebuchadnezzar, he decided to build an idol made of gold that was approximately 90 feet high and it was about 90 feet wide. And to commemorate this momentous occasion, he decided to invite all of his provincial officials to a dedication service. So he put together sort of a worship band, and then they started to play music. And the officials, they were supposed to bow down and worship the idol. Now, some of the astrologers, they bowed down and they worshiped the idol, but they did it with their eyes open. And they noticed that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down to this idol. And they decided to inform the king. So the king, he was not happy. He brought these three men before him and he questioned them about their actions and he gave them one more opportunity to worship his idol or be thrown into this blazing furnace. So let's take a look at the rest of this interaction in Daniel chapter three, it's verses 15 through 18. He says this, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image that I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied to the king. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, Your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Now, for those of you who knows how this story turns out, I need to be clear that these three men did not know how this situation was gonna play out. They didn't have this future wisdom. King Nebuchadnezzar was so enraged that he ordered his furnace to be heated up seven times hotter than its usual temperature. He commanded his soldiers to tie up these men, to throw them into the furnace. And the furnace was so hot that the soldiers that escorted these people, they died after they threw the men into it. The king was so angry that he watched to make sure that his punishment was gonna be enforced. 
So he watched Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they were thrown into the fire and anticipating a swift and painful death, he leapt to his feet in absolute amazement at what happened instead. Daniel tells us that the king saw not three but four men in the furnace. Knowing that he had just called their God into the question, the king suspected that their God actually came through for them. Not only did God save their lives, but we read in verse 27, this is how it looks. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. They were not harmed in any way. And when the king witnessed this, this is how we responded in verse 28. The king said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god but their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. And with a painful death on the line, they chose to defy the king knowing that God could save them. They did not know if he would. They just believed that he could and they were willing to be faithful even if he did not come through because spirit-led faithfulness will trust God in all situations regardless of the outcome. Now in this particular account, we see the faithfulness of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and we see God respond with mercy. We see him come through. But in chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, it talks in depth about the great faithfulness that some of the people in the Bible have displayed and they are examples to all of us towards spirit-led faithfulness. Hebrews 11, it mentions the account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego but it also mentions the account of faithful men and women that God did not deliver in the same way. If we look at verses 36 through 39 in Hebrews chapter 11, it says this. It says, some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground, these were all commended for their fate, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. These men and women that had spirit-led faith, they, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, also believed that God could save them. But they were content to continue in their faithfulness, even if he did not. And for some, even though he did not. Spirit-led faithfulness will trust God in all situations, regardless of the outcome. In late 2016, my family and my wife's family, we had somewhat of a curveball thrown at us through a series of poor decisions and selfish actions that had nothing to do with my family. A baby came into our lives that wasn't related to us. And the Department of Family Services was extremely overwhelmed and awarded my in-laws and my family a foster child status for this child. 
My family and my wife's uh, parents, they were living at the Florida end at the time, and we shared the responsibility of the care. And at first, I think that we all thought that this was going to be temporary, but it wasn't too long before the mom of this child decided that she was not gonna be able to take care of this child. And I have a lot of respect for foster parents because having someone live in your house that you're responsible for often develops a deep care for that person. And for us, this was certainly the case. We were a part of her first Christmas where she would ooh and awe at the colorful lights on the tree. We used to have a different couch sectional that she would run back and forth on. She'd laugh when you caught her. But I think that I remember her facial expressions the most because she could give me the stink eye like nobody else. But eight months into being responsible for this child, the mother, she terminated her rights and she contacted the father. And up to this point, I'm not sure that he knew that he had a child. The father met my wife and my mother-in-law and the child at a court hearing. And he told my wife and he told my mother-in-law that the child looked like she was in great hands and that he would probably move towards terminating his rights. At this time in my life, I was running a lot. It helped me clear my mind, and it's a cheap, and it's a good way to exercise. So it also gave me time with God to pray and just to ponder. And around this time, I can remember running, and I felt this feeling of disappointment. It just came over me, and I had been praying about this baby and the possibility of Amy and I moving towards adoption. And But somewhere in my spirit, God was preparing me for a different outcome. It was like I knew what I was praying for was not going to happen, and I was frustrated about this. And sure enough, the father, he started to have a change of heart and he decided that he wanted to spend more time with the baby. And over the next eight months, we slowly watched as the baby that we had been caring for and this baby that we had developed feelings for moved towards a permanent relocation with her father. And there's many reasons beside the fact that we love this child that I felt like our home was the right place for her. But as I said in my prayers, I felt like God was saying that This was not going to turn out the way that I wanted it to, and I felt like God was not going to step in on my family and this baby's behalf, and I was was just gonna have to trust him. But I'll be honest, in my anger and in my pain and my frustration through seeing what my wife and her parents and honestly myself, what we were going through, I, I didn't trust God. I felt like God was allowing the wrong outcome, and it didn't make sense to me. It's only been with a lot of prayer and a lot of processing that I've had to understand that I can't see the whole picture. I can't love this child any more than God can. His ways are not my ways. I've also had to ask myself, and this was a tough one, if I can be faithful even if he doesn't do what I think is right. To this day, I don't know why God allowed this to happen, The father has terminated all contact with us and he's made it clear that he doesn't want us to be involved in our life and honestly, it's a great source of pain, but it's also been a catalyst towards spirit-led faith. And as I continue to trust in God, my faith is developing a perseverance that will allow me to trust him again when my faith is tested. If we look at the book of James, he says it this way. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds because we know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Certainly, this is easier said than done. It certainly was for me in this case. But James's perspective makes more sense when you consider that the type of faith, that this type of faith is not something that we can manufacture, but rather, it's the Spirit of God that produces faith in us. And we know this is because spirit-led faithfulness will trust in God in all situations, regardless of the outcome. 
I'm sure you've noticed that I don't preach very often. And the last time that I preached, it was in January. And if you were here, I created a mnemonic device to help us remember the points of the sermon. I did not realize that it was going to catch on like it did. But because of your continued imitation of my mnemonic device, I'm bringing it back by popular demand. So here are three things that I would like us to consider about faithfulness. You may know them as the three Sean's. So let us consider this. God's dedication our reaction, and mutual devotion. Let's look at God's dedication. If we look at Luke in chapter 18, Luke is retelling the account of when he and the other disciples were trying to drive out demons in the crowds that were following them. We read that the disciples were unsuccessful in healing a boy that was demon-possessed, and the disciples, they were frustrated because Jesus had just finished scolding them, and they asked him in verse 19 this, why couldn't we drive this demon out? And this is what Jesus says in verse 20. He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. But I hope that this encourages you for a couple reasons. For starters, the men that were described as having little faith in this instance, they are the same men that literally lived with Jesus. They were eyewitnesses and accomplices to many of the miracles that were performed prior to this account. They were his disciples. They had fed crowds of 4,000 and 5,000 with a few fish and some loaves of bread. Peter had already defied the laws of physics by walking on water. The disciples had already seen Jesus heal people that were demon-possessed. Jesus had raised a girl from the dead, gave sight to the blind, gave voices to the mute. He had healed countless sicknesses and diseases in towns and villages where they had traveled. And be encouraged that despite all that they had seen and participated in, the disciples their faith had room for growth. I also hope that this encourages you because despite their lack of faith, Jesus didn't give up on them. Jesus was faithful even when his disciples were not. Jesus knew that they were a work in progress and he was dedicated to finishing that work. Jesus also knew that the more time that they spent with him, the more that their faith would grow. It's our reaction. If God is dedicated to us when we are unfaithful, how should we respond? What is our reaction? In Acts chapter two, Peter, he preaches this message and the crowds, they were cut to the heart or they were convicted about what they were hearing about God's love and his faithfulness towards them. And he asked the same question. They had faith that Jesus was who Peter said that he was and they wanted to know how to respond and the Greek word for faith or faithfulness in the New Testament is almost always pistis. And this means more than an acceptance of a message or more than belief and trust. It does mean all of those things depending on the context, but always has an implication that actions based on the acceptance of message or actions based on the belief and the trust may follow. And this is the same usage that we find in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, for faithfulness and the fruit of the Spirit. And this is an important distinction about Spirit-led faith. The biblical concept of faithfulness is more than believing that God is who he says he is. It is also reacting to that belief. Peter told the crowds in Acts 2.38, he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And we read that those who had faith in the message, which was around 3,000 people, they acted upon their faith. And in fact, if we read the entire 11th chapter of Hebrews, we read about tangible ways that biblical figures reacted to their faith. Their faith was radical, and God used their obedience to perpetuate his will so that we today could have spirit-led faithfulness. So what I'm about to say might sound counterintuitive to what I have just presented, but I need to bring some clarity to what this might look, for, look like for us today. I think our lives could be represented by what it would look like to live on a boat. Think of this individually for a moment. Just follow me along with this. In this analogy, we have things like in our life today that we can't control. We're surrounded by waves. We're surrounded by the weather. And maybe we're surrounded by some annoying seagulls, none of which we have any control over. In America, oh, we like control. Are any of you guys a backseat driver? Anyone? Bueller? All right. If our boat had a motor or paddles, we could go anywhere we wanted to go. And with the proper technology, we could see the fish below us and we could avoid any possible rocks or reefs. This means we could have food and we could have safety right at the tips of our fingers. But what if our life was supposed to be about depending on God to get us to the next destination? What if life looked like I actually needed God to provide for me rather than me provide for myself. What if life is more about his will than it is about my will? In this case, maybe our boat would look a little bit more like a sailboat. Our faith would look like getting rid of the motor and the oars and by putting up the sails and allowing the wind to take us where it wishes John says it this way in chapter three, verse eight of his book of John. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone that is born of the Spirit. Our greatest reaction to our faith is surrender. In a nation where our agendas and our desires and our conveniences can sometimes mean everything let us consider God's love and his faithfulness towards us and react by putting up our sails. And this type of faith is scary. It oftentimes feels overwhelming, but that's only because we feel the burden to manufacture this faith inside of us. But remember, this is the fruit of the Spirit which is produced in us. This does not come from our own power, but it comes from the Spirit of God and has developed in us. This is spirit-led faithfulness. So let's do a quick recap. God's dedication is not contingent on our faithfulness towards him. Our reaction is to act in spirit-led faith by submitting our lives to him. And I want to finish by talking about our mutual devotion that we have with God. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing the word of God, and in the word of God, we have nothing greater to hear about than God's devotion and faithfulness to us by his sacrifice on the cross. This is the gospel, or this is the good news, and God's love for us, is it has compelled him to send his son to earth for a mission, and Jesus then had to be faithful and devoted to that mission to see it to completion. He was tempted by Satan, he was surrounded by hypocrites and he was asked to do the impossible of carrying the weight of our sin. 
But not only did God show his commitment to us on the cross, but he continues to work in us as we have faith in his word. What does this mean on a more tangible level? Well, we based our mission statement at FCC around this core idea. Our mission is connecting all people to Jesus and each other because we believe we all need to love Jesus and that we all need to love each other. So we start by having a relationship with God. What does this look like? It's super simple. It looks like time. How are our relationships with each other strengthened? By spending time with each other. We talk with each other. We get involved in each other's lives. We bear each other's burdens. We celebrate with each other. We just share life together. And I know that it feels different when it comes to our relationship with God because we don't interact with him on the same level that we interact with our friends. But in fact, if I'm going to be real honest, his lack of a physical body in our presence today makes strengthening our relationship with him difficult. But that's where faith comes in. And the time that we choose to set aside for God is how we show our devotion to him. John 15, 4, he says this. He says, remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Pastor Gary, he mentioned this verse last week because it's vital in allowing all of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit to shine in us. To stay in step with the Spirit, to have Spirit-led faithfulness, we must stay connected to God we simply cannot bear fruit like this that can withstand the difficulties that life is going to throw our way. Read the Bible, pray, be in community with believers, share your faith with unbelievers. These are all things that have been the result of the majority of the messages that you've heard, but they bear repeating because the world is seeing less of the fruit of the Spirit in us. Let us put our faith into action by letting go of our agendas, by putting up our oars and putting, uh, putting our oars in the boat and putting up our sails to allow the Spirit of God to take us where he's going. Our takeaway for today, hopefully, is gonna help us do just that. The takeaway, it comes from the D and our discipleship pathway, which is daily time with God. And I found a plan on the YouVersion Bible app that will help to guide us through scriptures of faith. The challenge is only for eight days, okay? Now, the Beatles, they've got a song. It's called Eight Days a Week, so it's only a week-long challenge, at least to the Beatles. But this is the way to get the plan. If you go ahead and look at that QR code that is right in front of you, we have a digital bulletin. If you already got the digital bulletin, you have the link already if you're on our email list. If you don't, scan that QR code. Go to our Church Center app. Click on the digital bulletin. The link will be right there, super easy to access. And it will be an opportunity for the word of God to help to transform you, for you to start spending time with God and having that mutual devotion together so that we can continue to have our strength, our, strength, our faith strengthened and so that we can continue to be ones that shine the fruit of the spirit as God works through us, amen. Please give this Bible reading plan a chance. It will encourage you to have spirit-led faithfulness that will guide us to help trust God in all situations, regardless of the outcome. God, we thank you so much just for an opportunity to be able to get into your word 
Thank you for the way that you continue to love us and for your continued faithfulness, that it could be an example on how we can do our very best to try to have faith even as small as a mustard seed. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.